Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I help cycle breakers make decisions by unleashing the power of philosophy. Now, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about when things are a struggle. When the struggle is real, I think that's like a very millennial thing to say that the struggle is real. I don't know. Um, is there a newer way to say it? I'm sure there is, but I don't know. <laughs> When the struggle is real, when we're on the struggle bus, when it's hard to just get up and face the day, what do we do? What do we do? So I wanted to talk about this because I am personally on the struggle bus at this moment, and I have some specific tools and things that are helping me get through it. It's not solving it, y'all. I have to tell you, there's no... There's no quick fix. When you are a cycle breaker, when you have experienced significant abuse, whether in your childhood or other points in your journey, um, there are some days that suck. They just suck. Uh, you can't, there's no magic solution. But what we can do is mitigate the suck. What we can do is try to make things a little bit better for the immediate future, right? So I'm not here to give you a one-stop solution to anything. Um, sorry, my my watch my watch tried to contribute to the podcast. How very bold of my watch! Um, that was my my little voice assistant. If you heard that, but here we are. We are talking about the struggle, and there's not going to be a quick fix. It's not easy, but we're gonna. I'm gonna try to give you some things that have at least helped me out. Maybe you can try them. Maybe you can um, find some value in them. So first thing that I've been doing that I think has been helpful is forcing my butt to go outside. <laughs> um, I am definitely, when I'm on the struggle bus, I go into an aggressive hermit mode. Aggressive. The hermit is enforcing the, the agenda, okay? <laughs> Um, I tend to, uh, stick to the couch. I tend to like literally become glued to the couch. Um, and sometimes I'll be watching things. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll just be like staring into space for long periods and it doesn't feel good. Uh, it's, you know, sometimes it's what the mental health needs. Sometimes that's what we got to do, but getting myself up and just walking into my backyard I'm not going anywhere public. I don't really have to get dressed. I just gotta, you know, make sure I can put my feet outside and not have them freeze or anything like that. Um, it's helping. It's helping to just go outside. Now that might not be revolutionary, um, but I have to say it's probably one of the most effective things that's been helpful. It's hard to be really, really upset when you're surrounded by trees like I am in my backyard, when you've got grass under your toes, when you're watching leaves fall. Um, it's just, it reminds you that you're little, that you're little and your problems are little. Whatever thing you're feeling extremely existentially, you know, in pain about, or you're feeling depressed about, or you're feeling upset about, it all just feels a little bit smaller when you're outside. When I'm in my living room, it feels giant. <laughs> it feels like it couldn't possibly be bigger. I have the entire weight of the world on my shoulders. And somehow my backyard 
between between the living room and the backyard which is not that big I don't live in that big a house um it all gets a little bit smaller so I would I'm sure you've heard this before but please take it serious if you're on the struggle bus make yourself go outside a little bit even if the weather's not great just do your best and try to get your butt outside another thing that has been helpful for me is exploring new online community so I have some, I've been doing this, especially on my YouTube. Um, I pay a lot for YouTube premium because I am an aggressive consumer of YouTube. I have tried to, um, like I've considered doing a YouTube channel. You guys heard me talk a little bit about doing a vlog possibly. Those things haven't, I haven't been able to pull, pull out like what I want to do with that space. But what I have been doing is playing around with new community on YouTube. So one of the things I'm really leaning into um, in my life in the wake of all the change that I've been experiencing is I really want to write more. I want to think of myself more as a writer. I want to prioritize writing in my life. And so I have been exploring the writer community on YouTube. Now there's danger in these waters <laughs> because, you know, you shouldn't just take any guy off the internet's advice, which is ironic because we're on a podcast, but you know, you can trust me. You could trust me. <laughs> um, but like, you know, you know how like the YouTube algorithm works. It's just like sending you, you're like, oh, you like writing stuff. Well, here's a bunch of things. And you have to be discerning. You have to be like, okay, but like that guy's giving me bad energy. So like, I don't want that version, right? You got to pick and choose. So it's a little, it's a little dangerous, but it's good to get the exposure. And it's definitely made me feel a little bit more optimistic, I mean, I'm not very optimistic. I'm struggle bus, okay? Like, I don't know what the point of anything is. Like, I, my struggle bus tends to make me very nihilistic. Um, nihilism is a view in philosophy where, like, there is no point to anything. And that is very bad and dark and heavy. Um, in my better moods, I'm more of an existentialist, um, like Simone de Beauvoir, that's like, okay, well, life has no meaning, but that's all right. We get to make our own. <laughs> that's me on a good day. Me on a bad day, life has no meaning, so screw all of this. This was all a big waste of energy. So, you know, I'm not real optimistic right now, but I feel a little bit more optimistic when I'm looking at people who are talking about things they're passionate about, when I am listening to people who have these big projects that they're working on, like whatever that looks like, um, seeing them, you know, do put all of this thought and energy into carefully crafting something that they can be proud of that brings them satisfaction. And like many of the people on YouTube, right, who are talking about writing are either self-published or, you know, they're not, their writing is like a hobby. It's not necessarily something that they're trying to do for, for money. It, this is literally their passion. And so that makes me feel better. It makes me feel like, okay, well, like maybe, you know, look at them, look at them creating their thing. Look at them like doing it because it brings them self-satisfaction. How wholesome, maybe, maybe there's some value in that. Maybe that would be worthwhile, right? So I have found this in part, one of the reasons I, I'm experiencing this part of YouTube, this community like that is because it's a new community to me, right? So the invitation here is not for you to necessarily go get into writing. Although if you want to do that, go for it. I'm here for that. We need more survivors out here talking about their story. Um, but 
what I'm suggesting here is go find an online space full of people who are interested in something you might be interested in. You get a different perspective on the things. It can make you feel a little bit excited. It can make you feel a little bit alive, even when maybe overall you're not feeling very alive or very excited for, for many things, right? So that's the invitation. Go find community in a new in a new space, in a new genre for you. And maybe you'll discover, oh, I don't really, that community is not really for me. That's okay. Like we're, we're shopping, we're community shopping. <laughs> and thanks to the internet, this is much, um, I don't want to say much better, but like there's a lot of opportunity, right? There's all kinds of communities you can find online. So that's one of the things that's been helping. What else has been helping? I mean, definitely something that is useful for me is journaling. Now I know not everyone's a big fan of journaling, but I tend to carry a lot of heavy things in my own mind when I am on the struggle bus. And I don't fall into rumination as much, which is repeating the same ideas over and over, but like I will go through the laundry list of all the heavy things that I'm carrying. And then that just makes it feel even heavier. And we can kind of, you know, we'll just keep adding to the list and then reviewing the list and then adding to the list and then reviewing the list. And it's not exactly rumination where I'm repeating the same thing, but it is a kind of, um, it's a kind of rumination. It's, it's through repetition. And I know that this is not helpful. I know that it would be better if I could focus on a list of gratitude or things I'm happy about, but there are times I am not here for that. <laughs> There are times I just need to feel like a bag of poop and that's just the way it is. I have had a difficult life and for anyone else out there who's had a very difficult life, you are entitled to feeling like a bag of poop sometimes if that's what you need to do, <laughs> okay? Um, I am not saying go make a gratitude list. I mean, if you if you are up for that, you by all means, you go do that. But for me, when I am feeling the deepest, darkest stuff, I'm not capable of authentically making a gratitude list. It's going to be like a parody of a gratitude list. And I'm going to be resentful of the activity. And it's just going to make me more upset. So instead, I grab my journal and I just write out the deepest, darkest stuff. That's not going to work for everyone consult your therapist <laughs> like for some people that might make it worse for me I go write the deepest darkest stuff I wrote yesterday in my journal um I was I was just writing some real ooh, this is a dark dark one and like it's funny because I I decorate my journal I do some paper crafting um if you're on the video version of the podcast I am holding up a spread that's got you know it's simple there's washi tape there's a couple stickers um but I I wrote <laughs> I wrote the deepest darkest thing that's just it's not it's not surprising it's not like I was it's not full of secrets it was just talking about the incredibly the incredible bad fortune of having abusive parents of having romantic relationships that have never worked out of just feeling like I'm constantly grinding in the things that I think matter only to have them not matter at all and to leave me alone, right? Um, I am still in the wake of a breakup. Breakup's going kind of weird. Um, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot of the loneliness, feeling a lot of the loneliness. And so I just went and I wrote, I wrote it and it, it freed me. 
it freed me from some of that thinking because now it's down on the paper. I don't need to hold on to it. I don't need to make the list of the deepest, darkest things because it's all there. It's all in this book. And if I need a reminder, which I don't know why I would need a reminder, um, but if I did, it's all in here and I can go write it and I can look at it and it is external to me now. It is external. It's not, it's still a part of me, but it's not exclusively contained in my own mind. And that helps. It helps me. So to everyone exercise caution on that, because for some people, what can happen is they can write the deepest, darkest things and that makes them feel heavier and it makes it feel more burdensome. For me, I know that being in this deep, dark place is kind of a, um, it's, it's cyclical for me. It is a place I visit. Um, I know that it will pass. I am, I am oriented towards thinking about when it will pass. And part of my job when I am in this space is to help myself pass this phase more quickly. And writing can do that. Now, I'm not going to say I'm immune to the other problem. There are times I have written where it's gotten to be too heavy. So even if, you know, you and your therapist are like, this could be a good thing. It might be that time for this problem. It might not be a good thing, right? So you have to be, you have to take responsibility for how that's going to impact you. Now, one thing I would not recommend, although, you know, if you're going to probably lean on it some, would not recommend aggressively leaning into being distracted. Okay, being distracted is consuming YouTubes, is, um, you know, reading reading books, is watching TV. Now, you're going to want to do some of that because you can't stay in the thick of everything all of the time. But what you want to resist is never spending any time with these feelings. You don't want to run from these feelings. If you're feeling like you're in a deep, dark place, pretending that you're not in a deep, dark place is probably not going to serve you. So you need to spend a bit of time um, working with those feelings, acknowledging those feelings, sitting with those feelings. Don't spend all your time doing that, okay? <laughs> it's it's a balance. It's a balance, right? You're here because you love nuance. You're here because you want you don't want easy answers. Well, here's one of the most complicated answers. Make sure you spend time with your feelings, but not so much that they overwhelm you, that they are beyond your capacity. I've noticed that I do better on the days when I can get up and I can spend, you know, of the day, maybe an hour or two, um, noticing, sitting, thinking, feeling my feelings. And then I go and I do other things. And sometimes that's work. I do stuff that, um, like I have this week, I have been feeling particularly blech and I've had many meetings to, to go to, and that's been a blessing for me, that's a blessing because when I get on a call with someone and we're talking about something and they have, you know, they're curious about these things or we're working on a project or I'm coaching them through something difficult in their lives, I come to life. I remember that there's value in the things that I do in the world. I remember that people do value the input that I have. I, I feel like there's a point to things for moments. And that is a blessing. That's like, for me, that's more valuable than touching grass. I mean, I told you going outside mattered a lot to me, but like, it's really important for me to 
be immersed in a conversation or time with somebody that is about something completely different. It has nothing to do with, you know, the deep, dark feelings. So that is a kind of distraction, right? Like it's taking me away. Like I said, we need those. Um, but the days that I do better on, I spend the time with the feelings too. It's a, it's a give and take. And it's not always pretty. It's not. There's sometimes there's crying. I'm not like a huge, huge crier. I definitely cry some. Um, but I feel like I I wallow in melancholy <laughs> because I am a hippo. <laughs> Where do hippos wallow? Who are the what are the creatures that like wallow in mud? Um, I think like elephants do that some, right? Like that's how they cool off. I, I might be like butchering this. I'm very bad at animal facts. Um, so pardon me, <laughs> but I definitely think wallowing in melancholy is more my vibe than like a, a big, um, very like tears, like that kind of thing. And that's just me. That's just my personality. Um, that's in part because some of my coping mechanisms have to do with intellectualizing, my experience and melancholy is something that is very compatible with intellectualizing our pain um so i just let myself do that like one of the things that i think is really important if you're on the struggle bus in this way is to let yourself be on the struggle bus don't expect that you're going to be as productive as it usually are don't be mad that you're not acting in a certain way don't let yourself lean into this I'm not good enough rhetoric. You are living a difficult life. You are doing your very best to get through it. You are entitled to feeling as melancholy or sad or crying or just just not into it as you need to be. All those feelings are okay. And it's hard. It's really difficult for me in particular. It's difficult because I run my own business. I'm a one woman show with occasionally I'll have a contractor here or there, but like for the most part, I am a solopreneur and I got clients and I love, I love my clients. I love my clients. You want to become my client? I'd love to have you. But because of this, like these are people who I want to show up for and I want to be a part of. And it lifts me up when I do that. So that means that I'm going to show up for them. I want to, and I will, but some days that takes a lot from me to do that because I am on the struggle bus. And so I really need to get myself together so that I can show up the way I want to for my lovely clients who are doing amazing work. There's also the not so fun parts of my business. Like I have bookkeeping I have to do. Um, right now I'm in this big like tech project where I was using a tech solution that I've decided I no longer want to use. So I need to migrate to some other things, but it's got a lot of moving pieces and that's a big chunk of work. That's not very fun. That doesn't bring me to life. That is a little bit more bureaucratic, you might say. And so I am having a harder time showing up for that work, but I really need to do it because if I put it off too long, we're going to, um, I'm going to have to pay to be on this other tech solution longer and I don't want to do that. Right. So here we are 
I I have stuff that I really that's that really gets hurt from the fact that I need to wallow in melancholy and I don't want to um migrate my tech solution. <laughs> so it's hard, but I'm still just letting myself do it because from experience I have learned it, I can force myself to just sit down and do the work. I absolutely have those discipline muscles built in me, but I have learned from experience that what that does is it prolongs this difficult period. It just makes me feel worse for longer to force myself. Now I am in a very luxurious position. Okay. I got tons of privilege up in here because I can choose whether I'm going to force myself to show up or not. Not everyone is going to have that choice. Okay. Like you, you might be working a job that you have to show up to, or your family doesn't get to eat that week. Like I have so much respect to you, so much love to you. Please notice that the more you're exercising that discipline muscle, that might be absolutely necessary and good in your case, but also notice that that means it's probably going to take a bit longer, at least if you're anything like me, it's going to take a bit longer to work through this, this period of struggle. And it's okay, you can take as much time as you need to. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But in my current position of privilege, where I can choose how much I need to show up, or I'm, I don't want to say that I can't exactly choose how much I need to show up. I can, I can choose to be more or less disciplined with certain aspects of what I'm doing. I, I choose to be less disciplined when I'm on the struggle bus because exercising those discipline muscles is, is very costly for me in particular. It increases my resentment um, towards the injustice of the world, even when I'm doing things that have nothing to do with the injustices in my life. Um, so my self-care is to let myself be undisciplined. So this week I've been struggling a lot. I have gone to bed at all kinds of times. <laughs> sometimes it's 1130, sometimes it's 3 a.m., sometimes it's 2.30. I, I was feeling really bad one night and I just, I could feel the weight of the world and I needed to escape. I wasn't going to be able to sleep very effectively. I was worried that I was going to give myself really bad dreams. Um, I have extremely vivid dreams and the CPTSD does not help. And sometimes when I am, and when I enter bed in a certain mood, that can increase the likelihood that I might have a nightmare or something that's going to sit with me for a while. We don't want that. So what I do, I was like, you're just going to read your book. You just read your book. You're going to have a good time reading this book. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to read it and I'm going to finish it. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why I decided I absolutely had to finish the book right then. So I read all of it and it was, I was, I was already in it. I was like in the last third of the book, but it was more than one sittings worth of reading, um, given the way I normally read. And so this was, this was a pretty big lift. Now it was a horror book. It was, it was a good book. Um, it's called, what was it called? All all the ghosts that live in my head. I will I will put it in the um show notes so that you guys can can look it up if you want to. Um it's very intense, very intense story, lots of twists. Um that's part of the reason I kept reading it. But reading a horror book right before bed. I mean, didn't I tell you I was afraid of nightmares? <laughs> I didn't have nightmares that night. I mean, it was fiction that helps um, but for me, my my bad dreams, all that stuff tends to come from the material of my life. And this book was not very similar to my life. So I was I it didn't it didn't hit me that way. Um, but 
that's an example of me not being disciplined, right? Like I've shared on here before how I I feel like my the quality of my life improves when I am trying to go to bed at a regular time. Historically, I've always been somebody who liked to, you know, take revenge time at the end of the day where I will stubbornly just take time at the end of the day, even though I know that's going to compromise me the next day. That's not my favorite thing about myself. But when I am on the struggle bus, I let that roam. I let that part of me be like, okay, you take, what do we need to feel okay? What do we need to feel alive? What do we need to get through this? And I just let myself be less disciplined. Now that has some negative consequences. Like there were some things in the morning, the next day that I thought I was going to do that I didn't get to do. There was, um, I think at least one meeting, um, not a meeting with me in particular, but like a group meeting that I thought I would go to for one of my coaching, one of the programs where I get coaching, didn't go that. <laughs> like, uh, they, it came at a sacrifice, but in my opinion, that's worth it. So I am much more lenient with myself when I'm on the struggle bus because my primary goal is to get off the struggle bus as soon as I can. And some of the ways that have worked for me is to give myself much more leeway with some of the things that in my better, you know, my mental health is a bit better. I, I work on, right. Right. So that was a very long-winded way to say, you know, let yourself, let yourself roam a little bit. It's, it's challenging. I'm in a particularly weird spot at the moment because I don't have very much external structure in my life, but I would recommend leaning into any external structure that you might have. So what do I mean by that? Well, if your job is, uh, mo for most adults, their job is going to provide this kind of structure. Um, <clears throat> This is when you, you're expected to show up at a certain time or you have certain deadlines, these sorts of things. That can be very helpful. That helped me a lot when I was struggle busing, um, especially in grad school. The fact that there was this external structure that helped. Um, if you don't have that kind of external structure, like if you work more independently in your job or if you work from home or if you work as an entrepreneur like I do, you really want to try to artificially create some structure. So one of the ways that I do that is I work in Pomodoros. So that means I work for 25 minutes and I take five minutes off. And then I play a game of how many Pomodoros can I do. When I'm on the struggle bus, I'm not really aggressive about those goals. But when I'm feeling like I really will benefit from sitting down and doing some work, doing it in a really structured way can be helpful. What I found this go around is pairing some of that structure um, with something like a dark academia playlist on YouTube. I've been leaning into those lately because I'm feeling very, a lot of melancholy and a lot of that music is like classical music that is also, um, it has the feeling of being kind of like melancholy. Um, that's really helping. So like having something that's kind of emotionally speaking to me in the background while I am doing something that I believe will be helpful for me and make me feel better, <laughs> like this, this overall is working pretty good for me. So I would recommend trying to find the structure, go to coffee shop. Um, even if you have a regular job, you might consider trying to add some structure to your downtime. Um, something I've been working on is trying to create more of a ritual which I'm being very gentle about right now, right? Because I'm not exercising the discipline muscle real hard, but just trying to encourage myself to 
um, keep my sink clear in my kitchen. So like when I'm done, I, I don't typically clear out the sink early in the day. Like it will be um, before I start dinner or while dinner's cooking, I'll clear out the sink and I will try to do it again at the end of the day. Like these are little kind of uh, rituals that we can put in to just create a little bit of structure. Um, I think that too much structure can be suffocating when we're on struggle bus, but no structure at all can allow us to lean into the struggle bus even more. Um, at least in my experience, your, your mileage may vary. So this has been kind of an interesting <laughs> episode. I really wanted to do a podcast episode this week and, you know, I know that I'm not the only one that ends up on the struggle bus at times or, you know, that has these moments in your, you know, in your life where you kind of, you just notice you're feeling the injustice of having abusive parents or of the, the complicated ways that abuse history has impacted your romantic relationships and maybe your friend relationships. We all kind of have these moments and I'm doing my very best to get through them because I really want to keep showing up for y'all, <laughs> um, doing empowerment through thought, helping cycle breakers. This is really a very meaningful thing in my life. And, you know, the more I can work through this kind of difficult moment, the more I can show up for y'all. And I hope that it's been insightful to hear some of the ways that I am working on getting through it. Um, I'm still in the middle of it. There's no promise that these things will magically fix any of your problems. But if nothing else, know that you're not alone. Know that it's totally normal to have these periods. Know that you are not a failure. You are not doing something wrong. Your, your journey is not in a terrible spot or anything like that because you're having these more difficult experiences. It's normal. We've been through a lot, y'all. So let's keep on going. Let's keep on trying. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.